Welcome to Pivotal Decisions. We know that you make your decisions and your decisions make you. I'm your host, Stan Paris. I'm grateful that you're listening to the podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, be sure and share it with your friends and let them know about Pivotal Decisions. The other day, I saw some of those would you rather questions. These are questions that are not really that serious for the most part, but they do make you think. They are discussion creators. They are questions like this. What ability would you rather have to eat and never gain weight, to have a photographic memory, or to never get tired. When I read the options there of this would you rather question, I thought, well, to never get tired would be great. You could accomplish a lot, but in some ways it seems more like a curse than a blessing. And if I had a photographic memory, that would be wonderful. I would be much smarter than I presently am. But if I had the opportunity to eat and never gain weight, I mean, who would not pick that option? By far, that is the best option in this would you rather question to eat and never gain weight. Of course, I would choose that. Another question, would you rather question, is would you rather be able to read minds to fly or talk to animals and animals talk to you? Well, I don't know that I'm that interested in what an animal has to say. So I probably would rule that out. I don't want to be able to read your mind. That would be scary and disappointing. But to be able to fly, that would be incredible. I would much rather be able to fly than any of these other things. These are really not serious questions. They do make you think, but there are some questions in life that are much more serious. There are questions that many people are asking, and one in particular it was a popular question that have been question that has been asked since the beginning of time. And that question is why is there so much suffering in the world? Sometimes it's asked other ways. Like why do bad things happen to good people? Or if God really has the power to stop human suffering, why doesn't he stop it? I read about an organization that works with students, college students, all over the country. And they asked hundreds of students, if you could ask God any question, what would you ask him? Guess what was number one on their list? The number one question was, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? That's the question on a lot of people's minds in fact, this is a question that is a stumbling block to many of believing in God. If God is good, and if God has all power, why is there so much suffering in the world? Now, through the years, it's been written about extensively, and really there are four possible answers to this question. I mean, there could be I'm sure many, many more, but there are four, I guess, realistic answers. 
to this question of why there, why is there suffering and evil in the world? The first possible answer is there is no God. This is the atheist position. There simply is no God. That's the answer. If there was a God, then he would certainly put an end to all the evil and suffering. So they believe the atheist position is, well, the obvious answer is there is no God. A second possible answer to this question is there is a God, but he doesn't care. He just doesn't care what happens in the world. Maybe even God enjoys making people suffer. Maybe God sees all of us as some huge experiment, and he's just working some of his cruel experiments on us. Richard Dawkins, the author of The God Delusion, he takes this one step further and suggests that God is an evil deity. So one possible answer to this question of why there is evil and suffering in the world is that maybe there is a God, but he just doesn't care. A third possible answer is that God would like to help. He exists, and he would like to help, but he can't. God has limited goodness and limited power. A book that's very famous, and I'm sure many of you have read, was written by Rabbi Harold Kushner, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And after watching his son die from a rare disease, he concluded that God is good, but he's not all-powerful. In fact, he wrote, it is too difficult even for God to keep cruelty and chaos from claiming their innocent victims. So here you have three possible answers to this question, this age-old question of why there is evil and suffering in the world. One answer is that, well, there is no God. Or a second answer could be there is, is a God, but he just doesn't care. Or a third answer could be that there is a God that would like to help, but he just can't. He has limited power. Well, today on this Pivotal Decisions podcast, I would like to propose to you a fourth answer. This is an answer that I have staked my entire eternity on that I believe with all of my heart. A fourth possible answer is there is a God, and this God is in control of the good and the bad. God did not create evil, but he did not prevent it. He allowed it, and he still allows evil, and he still allows suffering, and I believe he's in control of all of it. Nothing occurs that he does not allow. Everything is designed by, ordained by, and controlled by a living God. That's what the Bible teaches us. There is a God who is our creator, and that is sovereign over all things. The psalmist said in Psalm 115, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Scripture affirms the sovereignty of God over everything. It's a biblical principle that is taught throughout the Scripture. When we say that God is sovereign, we simply mean he is, has a right to be in charge of absolutely everything. Because as one writer said, he is in charge of absolutely everything. 
And that includes your life. And that includes suffering. Now, I know for a lot of people, this, this challenges your mind. In fact, there are a lot of Christians that would like to try to find a way to get God off the hook here when it comes to suffering. How could this be so? How could God, if he is good and all-powerful, how could he possibly be in control of the bad that is happening in my life and in the world? It doesn't seem plausible, and it doesn't seem realistic for a good God to allow suffering and evil. As I've said before on the Pivotal Decisions podcast, I can't possibly answer questions like this in 15 or 20 minutes. But what I can do is give you some words of encouragement, some ways to look at this question, maybe differently than you have in the past. Why does God allow evil and suffering? Let me give you several things to think about on this edition of the Pivotal Decisions podcast. First, think about this, that God, I believe, always has a purpose for your suffering. God wastes nothing, including your suffering. In the New Testament, the book of 1 Peter has a lot to say about suffering. In fact, the word suffering or a form of the word suffering is found 15 different times in the book of 1 Peter. And a truth that we read in the book of 1 Peter is that Peter says that suffering always has a reason behind it, that there's a reason for our suffering. Peter explains that God uses suffering in our lives to accomplish certain things. In other words, he tells us that suffering is not random or bad luck, and that's good news. Because if your suffering is random and bad luck, that means your life is, is just random and bad luck. But God says that your life has purpose, and even the suffering in your life has meaning. In 1 Peter 5, verse 10, Peter tells us that God has a ministry in our suffering. He says this, he says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Peter says you're going to suffer for a little while. That's what happens on this earth. We live in a broken world. Sin was introduced into the world in the Garden of Eden. And since that time, the world has been a broken place filled with sin, evil, and suffering. And Peter says, you will suffer for a little while. But after that, he said, those who know Christ, you will be restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established by Jesus Christ himself. God, you see, uses suffering in our lives. It is through suffering that Peter says God will restore us. He will strengthen us. He will establish you. In other words, God will use your suffering to make your faith strong. How do we know this to be true? We have, a, we have the perfect example. The cross of Jesus Christ is the ultimate proof 
that suffering can lead to victory over evil. Jesus was perfect. He lived a perfect life. He, as the Son of God, fully God, fully human, lived a perfect life. He was without sin, and yet he chose to go to the cross, receive the full wrath of God on the cross, and die for the sins of the world. And it was through his suffering, the suffering servant, Jesus Christ, that leads us to have victory over evil. There was a purpose in the suffering of Christ. And it reminds us that there's always a purpose in suffering for those who know Jesus. So first, in your suffering today, remember, God has a purpose for your suffering. The second thing I want to encourage you with today on this Pivotal Decisions podcast is that most of our pain in life is not a trial that we're going through. Most of the pain in our life is a result of our own bad decisions, our own poor choices. This is important because people get this confused today, especially when they read the Scripture when it talks about going through a trial. Most people, including myself, we are not really going through a trial. We are dealing with the consequence of our bad decisions. It has been written about extensively over the years by many different writers about the multiple forms of suffering. And there are different titles that people place on the different forms, the multiple forms of suffering. But let me give you some of the more popular ways that suffering has been described. There is what some call unjust suffering. This is suffering without a cause. This is the suffering that you experience as the result of someone else's decisions. For instance, if you are in your car and you are obeying all of the traffic laws, you are obeying the speed limit, you are not distracted, you're not on your phone, you're wearing your seatbelt, but all of a sudden you are hit head on by a drunk driver, you are suffering the consequences of their decision. That is unjust suffering. We also see this on a much bigger scale because an argument that people will use that there is no God or there is a God but he doesn't care is they ask about all of the people starving around the world. Why, why does God allow people to starve? And I can say that I believe that people starving around the world is not the result of an unjust God. But the starving of people around the world is the result of the poor decisions of people. There's enough food produced to easily feed everyone around the world, but we just don't share it. We, we just don't take care of each other. We don't take care of starving people. There's plenty of food. We can't blame God for that. It's unjust suffering. There's also another category of suffering. Writers refer to it as spiritual suffering. There is a type of suffering that comes as a result of one's relationship to Christ. You follow Jesus Christ, and as a result of following Christ, there are consequences, and you suffer. We see this all around the world. Christians are being persecuted at a higher rate today than ever in history. More Christians are losing their life today than ever. It's a result of their faith in Christ, living out their faith, and they are suffering. This is spiritual suffering. In fact, I 
was just reading again recently about how the disciples died. The disciples, the followers of Christ, they died brutal deaths. It was spiritual suffering. The writer mentioned that Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross. Barnabas was stoned to death. Bartholomew was flayed to death. James was thrown from the pinnacle of the temple wall. And when he was found still alive, he was beaten to death with clubs. Matthew was slain by the sword. And Peter was crucified upside down. Thomas was killed by a lance thrust through him. These, these followers of Christ... They were suffering because they were following Jesus. That's spiritual suffering. So you have unjust suffering, you have spiritual suffering, but there's also what some call divine suffering. Divine suffering. This is probably one of the most difficult types of suffering to understand. In 1 Peter 4, verse 19 he says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. Think of that. Peter says there, there is some suffering according to God's will. Entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Peter, Peter speaks here about suffering that is according to the will of God. There is some suffering that is according to God's plan. And Peter says that as you suffer this way, according to God's plan, entrust your soul to the faithful creator, to God, and do good. Keep trusting God even as you suffer. So there is what is called unjust suffering. There is spiritual suffering. There is divine suffering, which is really difficult to understand. But there's also a fourth category. It's the one I've mentioned. It's self-inflicted pain, you see. It's the result of bad decisions and bad choices. In 1 Peter 4, he goes on to say, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, in verse 14, you are blessed. He says if you suffer because you follow Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. It's a blessing to be persecuted for Christ. But he says in verse 15, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. In other words, if you are a murderer, if you are a thief, an evildoer, a meddler, then you will suffer. And that suffering is not a trial you're going through. That suffering is a result of your decisions. Your actions has caused this hardship. It's not a trial you're going through. It's the consequence of a decision you have made. If you go to work next week and you go into the supply closet and you take a bunch of stuff that is not your own and then you are found out and you are fired because of that, that's not a trial. You can't say, oh, I'm going through a difficult trial of life right now. No, that's a consequence of your bad decision. And quite frankly, the Bible teaches us that most of the adversity in our life is a result of those bad decisions. C.S. Lewis said, when we honestly evaluate the darkness in our own hearts, the question changes from why do we suffer to why don't we suffer more? The Bible says that when we are suffering because of our own decisions, to turn from those things and turn to Christ. And he says if you're suffering 
for spiritual reasons, because you are following Christ, count it as a blessing. God has a purpose for your suffering. Most of our suffering and pain in life is a consequence of our decisions. And the third thing to remember today on this edition of the Pivotal Decisions podcast, as we answer the question, why is there evil and suffering in the world? You remember that for those who love Jesus, he will one day turn every tragedy into triumph. The Bible tells us that whatever it is you're going through, whatever you're suffering with right now, and I'm not minimizing that pain, it is horrific, it is painful, it is hurtful, and as hopeless as it may appear, there is a day coming when the glory of God will be revealed. If you are a Christian, this world is not your home. You're just passing through. And one day, God will make everything right that is wrong in this world. We're just passing through to our eternal home, and one day we'll be in the presence of Jesus. And so whatever we're going through today, you remember, if you know Christ, one day you will be with him in a perfect place forever and ever and ever. Well, the question is, why is there so much suffering and evil in the world? And you remember, as a Christian today, there is a God, a God that exists, a God that loves you. And because God is real, that means your suffering has a purpose. Most suffering is a consequence of our decisions. And for those who love Jesus, he will one day turn every tragedy into a triumph. Well, thank you for listening to the Pivotal Decisions podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, again, be sure and share it with your friends and let them know about Pivotal Decisions. And you remember, your decisions today determine your tomorrow.